Section 5 of Self and Self-Management Essays About Existing by Arnold Bennett This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Complete Fusser 1. Frequenters of lunatic asylums are familiar with the person who, being convinced that he is a poached egg, continually demands to be put on hot toast, and is continually unhappy because nobody will put him on hot toast. This man is quite harmless. He is merely a bore by reason of a ridiculous delusion about the fulfilment of his true destiny being bound up with hot toast. In character he is one of the most amiable individuals that ever lived, amiable even to the point of offering himself for consumption to those of his fellow patients who are hungry and who happen to fancy a poached egg with their tea. Nevertheless, on the score of his undeniable delusion, he is segregated from ordinary society, and indeed imprisoned for life. Such may be the consequence of a delusion. But not all deluded people are treated alike. A lady went for the weekend to stay in a country cottage. Now this lady was accustomed to smoke a cigarette in her bath of a morning. Let there be no mistake, she was a perfectly respectable lady. In former days respectable ladies neither smoked cigarettes nor took baths. The one habit was nearly as disreputable as the other. In the present epoch they do both with impunity, and though possibly a section of the public may consider that while for a woman to smoke a cigarette it's quite nice, and for a woman to have a bath it's quite nice, to smoke a cigarette in a bath is not quite nice for a woman. That section of the public is in a very small minority, and should therefore be howled down. Anyhow, the lady in question was everything that a lady ought to be. She was, in fact, a well-known social worker and writer on social subjects. On the Sunday morning a terrible rumour was propagated throughout the country cottage. The lady did not smoke merely a cigarette in her bath. She smoked a special brand of cigarette in her bath and she had forgotten to bring a due supply of the special brand, and her cigarette-case had been emptied on the previous night. It became known that she was in a fearful state and would not be comforted. The brand was Egyptian. At first none but the brand would do for her, but after a period of agony she announced that she was ready to smoke any Egyptian or Turkish cigarette. The cottage, however, was neither Egyptian nor Turkish, but a Virginian cottage. She could not be induced to try a Virginian cigarette, and the cottage was miles from anywhere, and the day was the Sabbath. She came downstairs miserable, unnerved, futile, a nuisance to herself and to her hosts. She could not discuss important social matters which she had come on purpose to discuss. She could do naught except sympathise with herself, and this she did on a tremendous scale. In the afternoon a visitor called who possessed Egyptian cigarettes. The lady got one, and at the first puff was instantly restored to her normal condition. The hot toast had been brought to the poached egg. 
the lady i maintain was suffering from a delusion at least as outrageous as the poached egg delusion the delusion that her body and brain could not function properly in other words that her destiny could not be fulfilled unless she took into her mouth at a certain time a particular variety of gaseous fluid scarcely distinguishable from a thousand other similar varieties of gaseous fluid her physical perceptions were not at all delicate like most women for example she could not tell the difference between tea stewed and tea properly infused if a virginian cigarette had been falsely marked in an egyptian manner she would have smoked it with gusto and if she had been smoking in the dark she could not have told whether her cigarette was in or out unless she inhaled the delusion was nothing but a delusion her mind by a habitual process had imagined it and she had ended by being victimized by it she had ended by seriously believing that she was physically and spiritually dependent upon a factor which had no appreciable power beyond the power mistakenly and insanely attributed to it by her morbid imagination but did any one suggest that she ought to be confined in a lunatic asylum assuredly not if ever she goes to a lunatic asylum it will be as a visitor to smile superiorly at the man whose welfare depends utterly on hot toast from the moral height of a cigarette she will pity hot toast far from scheming to get the lady into a lunatic asylum her hosts were extraordinarily sympathetic and even when they were by themselves the worst thing they said was poor thing she's rather fussy about cigarettes two no one i think will assert that i have overdrawn the picture of a person victimized by a delusion and yet not inhabiting a lunatic asylum every one will be able out of his own experience of the world to match my example with examples of his own and indeed there are few of us who are not familiar with at least one example immensely worse than the lady who staked her daily existence on getting an egyptian cigarette in her bath few of us have not met the gentleman who can only be described as the complete fusser this gentleman has slowly convinced himself that the proper fulfilment of his destiny depends absolutely on about ten thousand different things all things of course have their importance but this gentleman attaches a supreme and quite fatal importance to all the ten thousand things he begins to be fussy on waking up and he stops being fussy when he goes to sleep he may not smoke a cigarette in his bath but he will probably keep a thermometer in his bath because he is convinced that there is a right temperature for the bath water and that any other temperature would impair his efficiency he may detest smoking in which case he will probably have rigid ideas about the precise sort of woven stuff he must wear next to his skin he may be almost any kind of character and yet be fussy he may be so tidy that he cannot exist in a room either in his own house or in anybody else's until he has been round the walls and made all the pictures exactly horizontal he may be so untidy that if his wife privily tidies his desk he is put off work for the rest of the day 
he may be so fond of open air that he can only sleep with his head out of a window or so afraid of open air that draught deranges all his activities for a fortnight he may be so regular that he kisses his wife by the clock or so irregular that he is never conscious of appetite until a meal has been going cold for half an hour and so on endlessly but whatever he does and thinks he does and thinks under the conviction that if he did and thought otherwise the consequences would be disastrous to himself if not to others whereas the truth is that to change all his habits from morn to eve would result in great benefit to him he spends his days attaching vast quantities of importance to a vast number of things whereas the truth is that scarcely any of the said things are important in more than the slightest degree he is the victim of not one delusion but of hundreds of delusions and especially the grand delusion that the world is ready to come to an end on the most trifling provocation but there is no hope of him being sent to join the poached egg in the lunatic asylum his friends are content to serve him he is rather a particular man true his enemies scorn and objurgate him and proclaim him pernicious to society you naturally are his enemy and you scorn him but you should beware how you scorn him because you may unconsciously be on the way to becoming a complete fusser yourself all of us or at any rate ninety-nine out of every hundred of us have within us the insidious microbe of fussiness three the way to becoming a complete fusser is obscure at the start of it to determine the predisposing causes to fussiness would necessitate volumes of research into the secrets of individuality and the origins of character and would assuredly lead to no practical result because these creative mysteries lie beyond our influence at any rate for the present a man is born with or without the instinct to fuss that must suffice for us nevertheless the real instinct to fuss ought not to be confused with perfectly normal impulses which may superficially resemble it thus it is often assumed that domestic servants as a class are fussy especially about their food i can see no reason why domestic servants as a class should be fussy and i do not believe they are what is mistaken for fussiness in them is merely the universal human prejudice against anything to which one is not accustomed labouring people are unfortunately for themselves used to a narrow diet a hundred comestibles which to their alleged superiors may seem quite commonplace are fearsomely strange to labouring people a rural girl goes to serve in a large house she is offered excellent fish and she refuses it she can't fancy it whereupon the mistress exclaims upon the astounding fussiness of the poor the explanation of the affair is simply that the rural girl has never had opportunity to regard fish as an article of diet similar phenomena may be observed in children of even the superior unfussy classes 
and for another instance gardeners will grow the most superb asparagus who would not dream of eating it and could scarcely bring themselves to eat it for them asparagus is not a luxury but something unnatural in the mouth like snails or the hind legs of frogs snails and the hind legs of frogs are luxuries in various parts of the world the anglo-saxon maid-scorning mistress would certainly recoil from them if they were put on her plate and in so doing she would not lay herself open to a charge of fussiness yet in recoiling from them she would be behaving exactly like the rural maid whom she scorns nor must fussiness be confused with certain profound and incurable antipathies such as the strong repulsion of some individuals for cats apples horses etc the real instinct to fuss can always be distinguished from the other thing by this the real instinct to fuss is progressive if it is not checked with extreme firmness it goes steadily on its way and though the start of the way to becoming a complete fusser may be obscure the later portions of the journey are not so obscure pride if not conceit presides over them and is always pushing forward the traveller from one abnormality to the next thus a man discloses a dislike to black clothes his aunt dies at a great distance and leaves him some money his wife asks him shall you wear black he answers with somewhat pained dignity darling you know i never wear black he is now known to himself and to his wife as the man who will not wear black then his father dies in the same town where the son lives the objector to black will have to attend the funeral after a little conversation with him the wife says to friends you know edward objects to black he does really he never wears it and i'm afraid he won't wear it even for his father's funeral henceforth edward is known not merely to himself and his wife but to the whole town as the man who won't wear black it is a distinction he is proud of it his wife is rather impressed by the sturdiness of his resolution he has suffered a little for his objection to black his reputation is made an anti-black clause inserts itself into his religion pride develops into conceit success and renown encourage the instinct to fuss and soon he has grown fussy about something else and thus does the fellow reach his goal of being a complete fusser four there is no cure for the complete fusser you might think that some tremendous disaster such as marrying a shrew who hated fussing or being cast on a desert island or being imprisoned would cure him but it would not it would only cause a change in the symptoms for every human environment whatsoever gives occasion for fussiness to the complete fusser even in the army even in the lowest and most order-ridden grades of the army the complete fusser contrives to flourish and he is incurable because he is unconscious of being fussy 
what the world regards as fussiness he regards as wisdom essential to a reasonable existence he sincerely looks down upon the rest of mankind spiritual pride puts him into the category of the hopeless case along with the alcoholic drunkard the genuine kleptomaniac and other specimens whom he would chillingly despise apparently the sole use of the complete fusser is to serve as a terrible warning to those who are on the way to becoming complete fussers themselves a terrible warning to pull up that fussiness in its earlier stages can be cured is certain but the cure is very drastic in nature there are lucid moments in the life of the as yet incomplete fusser when he suspects his malady when he guiltily says to himself i know i am peculiar but such a moment must be seized and immediate action taken the but must be choked the but may be full of wisdom but it must be choked the but is fatal if the fusser is anti-black let him proceed to the shopping quarter at once let him not order a suit to measure of black let him buy a ready-made suit let him put it on in the store or shop and let him have the other suit sent home let him then walk about the town in black he is saved no less thorough procedure will save him and similarly for all other varieties of fussiness End of section 5